Boom. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to another Rambling Radio podcast. We are spitting these out. Some of the best episodes I've ever recorded are coming to you every single week. I'm so stoked about this episode, guys. But I had to film this little intro before we even got into it because I've got some major news. So before we get into the Logan Armstrong interview, the man himself, a.k.a. Strong Arms himself, I have to make this major announcement. So before we before we get into that, don't don't click away. You're going to be very interested in what I'm about to tell you. And uh, I, I mentioned this last episode, but this is like the official unveil so do not skip ahead but before we get into that i gotta give a major shout out to my five star reviews you guys absolutely are killing it right now so i am very grateful i appreciate it every single five star written review just makes this podcast grow so if you want to see this podcast grow leave a five star review and uh, because you guys are killing it so much i've got a little surprise for you but before we get into it i just have to give a shout out to uh, again, the, the, the usernames here, you guys are, you're killing me here. Uh, J underscore RO 214. Um, man, I, I, I can't even, I can't even pronounce that. So I had to spit out every letter individually and every number, but this person said, this is the podcast of podcast for creators. Uh, he said, since listening to this podcast for the first time with Amos, Fernando, Andrew, um, it has been a great guideline for my career that I'm pursuing to be a full-time photographer slash videographer. Zach, your podcast gets me through my workday and pumps me up to get home and create salute from Dallas or mono. Dude, that is an unbelievable review. Thank you so much. Thank you for the feedback. It, it really, every time I read a review from you guys, it just inspires me to keep making these episodes better and better. And I've got some epic podcast interviews coming down the line um, and in-person interviews as well that I'll be recording video for. So just really amazing stuff. So thank you. I'm going to shout out all of your reviews or as many as I can. Um, and I didn't do it last episode. I, I, you know, I, I just didn't film like an intro like this. And uh, Edward Lee and I just got into the, the podcast episode. But uh, for this episode, I, I definitely wanted to remember to record a little intro before we get into the actual interview. So thank you so much for that. Uh, that five star review. Now, the big news, I told you guys, once we hit 10,000 all time downloads, I would host a giveaway for this podcast. Now, we have not hit 10,000 downloads just yet, but I don't care. <laughs> I don't care anymore. I'm sick of waiting. Uh, you guys have been just leaving amazing feedback and sharing the podcast so much. I wanted to do something for the people that leave five-star reviews. So this is what we're going to do. If you go to iTunes, and it has to be iTunes. I cannot be more clear. It has to be iTunes. Even if you listen to Spotify, even if you listen to Google Play, you have to leave a review on iTunes, and then you can go back to listening to it on Spotify if you choose to do so. But if you leave a five-star review, I am picking one person to win a brand new pair of noise-canceling Sony Bluetooth headphones, the WH-1000XM3s. Kind of a stupid name in my opinion, but they are the best 
Bluetooth noise canceling headphones you can buy. I have a pair myself. I have them on right now and they are so unbelievable. They're better than the Bose. They're the best Bluetooth headphones I've ever used in my entire life. And I've done a lot of research and reviews and they destroy beats. They destroy Bose. They destroy a lot of these big brands. And uh, I, I could not be more excited to give a, a pair of these for free to somebody that leaves a five-star review. So, like I said last episode or two episodes ago, if you have already left a five-star review, you're already entered into this little giveaway competition. But if you haven't, please leave a five-star review and a written review. You actually have to write something out or I'm not going to be able to see it and I'm not going to be able to select you to potentially win these headphones. Guys, these headphones are amazing. I swear. I mean, they have Alexa built in. They're they're noise canceling. I wear them. I actually wear them to edit right now even though they're not editing headphones, but I just didn't want to have a bunch of headphones and yeah, so I used to have like dedicated editing headphones and then I would just switch back and forth and I, I don't know. I'm just getting lazy, I guess, but I use these to edit as well. So I use these literally every single day. Uh, go check them out. They're the Sony headphones, WH-1000XM3s, the noise canceling headphones. They retail for 350 bucks, and I'm giving them away for free because you guys are awesome. So deal with it. I think this could be fun. So leave that five-star review. Um, now, the competition ends on Halloween. So you have until October 31st to get these in. So it's about a little bit more than a month, about a month and a half to get your five-star review in. Try to get it in as soon as possible. But after the 31st of October, the competition ends and I'm going to randomly select a winner. We only have 46 written five-star reviews right now. So you have a very, very good chance of winning. It's not like I have a thousand five-star reviews, hopefully one day, but as, as of right now, you have a very, very good chance of winning these headphones. So do yourselves a favor, leave a five-star written review, and let's get yourself a pair of these headphones. Now, that's all the news that I have to say. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed this amazing episode with Logan Armstrong. It's a long one. Sit back, relax, and enjoy and soak in the knowledge because this is a dope one. I'll catch you guys later. Peace. Intro. We just like get into it, so that's kind of just my jam. You gotta do like uh, um, Joe Rogan is always like, "Are uh, we live?" And like, yeah, okay. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> do you do you watch his podcast a lot or, yeah, or listen so to it? I watch a few. Um, I watch Joe Rogan's pretty pretty regularly, um, and then Matt Diavella's podcast. Um, I don't know that he's he hasn't uploaded much recently, but like the Ground Up Show, I was a big fan of that. And then Lewis Howell's School of Greatness. I'm like a big fan of that too. So. Yeah, sick man. There's a few, yeah. there's a few good ones. There's there there are a few good ones. I feel like everyone's coming out with a podcast these yeah. days. It's like the it's like the new trend. It is, but like it's for good reason too. I just think that like longer format content is like kind of the way of the future, and like you're able to tell like 
personal stories too which is great like you're able to get in yeah. depth about like people's backgrounds and like where they're from like their interests and it's like instead of these like short like little bite size like things that we were so used to like coming from like vine and instagram and stuff like that you really get to like right. know people a lot better through like a podcast like for instance someone told me to like watch a, like a logan paul podcast like it was a few weeks ago and i'm like i don't know if i can do that what episode was it um i can't even remember the episode now uh, but, like, it was actually really interesting because, like, you get to see another side of, of him and, like, his friends. I'm like, okay, this kid's not, like, as much of an idiot as, I, like, I thought he was. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I mean, dude, I, I feel like not a lot of creators have podcasts. I don't know about you. I don't know if you've seen it, but no. it's, I think it's this thing, like, maybe maybe I shouldn't say creators. Maybe I should just say, like, filmmakers, photographers, uh, because it's like, oh, we're visual. We have to be visual. But yeah, I think there's definitely an opening with podcasts and uh, for for filmmakers and photographers specifically. A hundred percent. Well, because I actually enjoy I enjoy like the process of like watching podcasts. Like I think it's I prefer to watch them. I mean, I'll, I'll listen to them too, obviously. But it's like yeah, I like watching them. Like Matt Devell's podcast is like visually pleasant to watch like he is like right nice right camera for sure set up the audio is good so like you appreciate those things so it's like i think for a lot of filmmakers myself included if i were to start a podcast i'm like i would have to have a full studio i would want like <laughs> lighting i would want like several camera angles i would like have to do it right but i say right. that and i didn't even have a, a mic but like i i brought backups just in case <laughs> <laughs> your yeti mic that didn't even work yeah yeah damn it uh, that's okay. Um, dude, let's take it back for a second. Uh, I don't, I don't know how you and I got connected. Maybe you know better than I do, but what I did get to see was your growth period, right. which I feel very lucky to have seen, to, to have seen that because I feel like a lot of people don't get to see that part about a creative. They just get to see the highlight reel on YouTube or Instagram. Their feed looks pretty or whatever. I got to see you when you just started out and you didn't know really what you were doing. Just like all everybody, how they oh, yeah. stink in the beginning. Everyone sucks and in the beginning. Me everyone included, sucks like, in the beginning. Especially me. <laughs> well, me too. I mean, everybody. Everybody sucks. And, uh, I just feel privileged to be able to have seen that and then to where you are now working with Beautiful Destinations and, and just crushing the game um, has been amazing. So I don't know, when when did you, when did we connect? I think you reached out to me on yeah. Instagram randomly or something. Yeah, man. So I, I DM'd you, I know that, because I had like started, I started, this had been maybe like three or four months into me picking up a camera initially. And so for those of you who don't know, like I've only been kind of shooting photo and video for like about two years now. So I'm like still kind of a newbie. Um, yeah. And it's amazing. In the it's, like in that, it's like Shawshank Redemption. You gotta like crawl through like 50 yards of shit to come out clean on the other side. You gotta like, you gotta <laughs> put your reps in to like get good and to kind of build that skill set and that like craft. Um, but in the beginning, I remember like, it may have been your transformation video. What led me to kind of like photo and video content is like the fitness industry. So I think I was I was already mm. watching all these like fitness YouTubers for a long time, and then through like the recommended feed, I, I saw like your video come up, 
And so I watched that, and then from there, I was like, wow, like, this guy's whole catalog is really cool. So I, I ended up watching a lot of, like, your Rambling Road videos. I think I, like, binge-watched your whole catalog. And then I was, like, I had a trip to Chicago plan to see some friends. Um, and, like, that's when I, like, reached out. It was, like, a, probably, like, a month or two prior to that. Um, yeah, I remember. Up, like, connecting, like, later on, like, in person. And yeah. Stuff, which yeah. is crazy. Wow. All because of Instagram and YouTube. It's insane. It's insane. Um, I, I have to say something that you do or that I've seen you do extremely well. And I don't know if you're doing this on purpose or not. And I think it's something that all creators, especially starting out, really need to do is reach out to other creators and acknowledge them for like what they've accomplished, what they're doing, if they're kicking ass or whatever, and like just connecting with them and like trying to link up and do stuff together. And like, I always saw you doing that. And I think that was like, and I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I think that's like one of the biggest things that has helped you get to where you are today. Oh uh, yeah. I agree a hundred percent. So for me, a bit of my background, I actually worked in finance for like two and a half, three years prior to moving into like photo and video, which is hilarious. Like hilarious. I was, yep, I was a fi licensed financial advisor, like right outside of St. Louis. Um, but like, I wasn't like I wasn't an analyst there or anything like that. So my job was to go out and find these potential Mr. and Mrs. Client, bring them into our office, and like see if they were a good fit for us, um, if we were a good fit for them, and then in the hopes that they would become clients of ours. Um, so I kind mm -hmm. of took that similar ideation and like carried it over into like my freelance work, and then it's like it's because networking itself is so integral into like who I am. And then I, I see like the value in that too. It's so like people always talk about like on Instagram, like one way to grow is like to engage is like to have good engagement with other people. But more so than that, it's like, instead of just like commenting a bunch of like fucking fire emojis on someone's picture, like take the time to right. look at it and like give a genuine like comment about that. And then like, through that you end up like you can end up meeting and meeting people and like making great connections and like my roommate now who also works at bd um beautiful destinations uh chris shepherd like we got connected through instagram like we did a trip with some other company like this has been like a year ago now at this point but like i never would have met him or anything like that if i didn't just reach out to him on instagram and be like hey man what's up i really like your work I think yeah. what you're doing is really dope. And like just through that, it's like a snowball effect. And we did this first trip and then we did this second trip. And then through that second trip, the content that we created, Tom Johnson, one of the co-founders at Beautiful Destinations, ended up reaching out to me. And then I'm like, oh, you need to check out Chris. And so like through all of those things and all of those connections, it's like a massive web. Through all of that, yeah. like it can take you to these places that you would never expect to go. And so it's like I Yeah. And that's why like some people are always turned off by like, oh, don't you think that's like gonna get like kind of cumbersome or annoying and like reaching out and talking to all these people I'm like no one you should just never burn a bridge with anybody and two it's like if you're genuine and nice to like people outwardly like that stuff comes back I don't believe in like karma in the traditional sense but I believe in like the idea of like practical karma is that like if you are positive on a daily basis towards like people that you interact with on an everyday basis positive things will come back to you so it's just having that oh like, yeah that mentality times 10 dude yeah. times 10 so yeah i mean i think that's that was just amazing what you did and like it's it's i think you shouldn't be doing it to 
think like you're going to get something in return. You should just be doing it because it's just the right thing to do to acknowledge someone and it makes them feel good. And it's just the right thing to do. Um, but it really does. It just comes back and, and just to have that, I, I like to call it relationship capital. I've heard that from, uh, uh, an, another mentor of mine, Chris Harder, he, he calls it relationship capital because like it just creates that web and so many other, so many people are doing like different things and it, it's just, it can help you so much in yeah, the long run. And, and like something that my mentor in finance would teach us, it's like, Hey, you, we would like, we would see anybody like we would have, we would give, cause we would give like a complimentary analysis on like people's portfolios for free. That's like the first meeting that we would have with folks we would see these folks like with the idea that, like even if we can't help them even like from a, a fiscal standpoint as far as like we take a look at their portfolio and maybe they're in a great place or maybe they're like not in a great place but like there's nothing that we can do for them except like providing some like guidance or some some advice or reassurance it's like by prov- and we may not benefit out of that at all um, it may actually hurt us from like a, a technical fiscal standpoint as like from our time. Like we may spend a full day or a three hour block of time meeting with these folks yeah. and we may sure. not benefit from it directly, but you never know. They could leave our office like one with a positive outlook on their situation moving forward. And two, who knows who they know if they, they reach out to their network and tell people that they're like intertwined with like, Hey, I had this great experience working with Logan at like resource one advisors uh, they could have friends that, uh, that are extremely affluent and that could become great clients. So, like, I took that same approach with, like, photo and video and, like, even in, like, the social space. It's like, okay, I'm reaching out to these people even though, like, I may not directly benefit from making a relationship with them outside of just being friends with somebody. But who knows that what they know or, like, who knows their potential in the future. It's like you're creating these relationships in the hope, one, you're meeting genuine people that you, like, connect with. And then outside of that, it's like, who knows what connections that they can lead to down the road. It's all about like yeah. thinking forwardly and like all about and like doing things in like a positive, positive manner. I'm like, I'm a natural optimist. Like, it's so funny. My dad <laughs> is a part of like what's called like the optimist club in like my hometown, which is hilarious because my mom, she, she claims he's a serial pessimist. And I think like I took the attributes of like, I'm like, you know, I'm going to be like, I'm going to be a serial optimist. I'm going to. I'm going to take everybody and I'm going to look at them and I'm going to assume the that the best out of everyone. And this helps a lot because like I travel all the time. So it's like you may go to some places that are kind of like sketchy or that may seem kind of daunting. Uh, but for me, I try to look at everyone in the sense that like I'm going to assume that you are at, at the heart of like you're being a good person with good intentions until you prove me otherwise. And so I kind of take that with everyone that I meet, whether it's online or like, or in person. Yeah. That's an amazing philosophy. I mean, you just, yeah, it just goes back to you saying, don't burn a bridge. And you know, the other day I was, I was thinking about how big Los Angeles is. And just the other day, like I saw somebody that was in a coffee shop, just walking on the street. And then it happened again. And it happened. I'm like, man, you know, as big LA it truly is, like everyone is connected and you still yeah. see the oh, same yeah. people. It's yep. so weird. It's uh, the same way yeah, in New York, yeah. Yeah, oh, I'm sure. Once you're here for a while, it becomes the smallest, biggest city in the world. If you have these routine, I'm a very like, as much as 
for how much like chaos and randomness is in my life, I'm actually a pretty like habitual person just by nature. Um, I like routine. I like I like consistency, um, and like which is tough because of like when we're on the road traveling, I have to like build in these external like implications that allow me to like keep hold of those like habitual things I do here. But it's like I because like at the gym, I see the same people pretty much every day at the gym because I go at the same time, and those people probably have the same like routines as I do. And so it's like you end up seeing the same people and the same people in your network regardless. So it's like if you do end up burning that bridge with somebody that like it could be over something that's like extremely petty, a lot of times like you're going to end up having to like face them on like a a day-to-day or week-to-week or month-to-month basis. So it's like just keeping relationships positive. You never know what other people are going through too. That's the biggest thing. So if someone rubs you the wrong way, if someone comes across to you like from a negative like perception, it's like take a step back and realize that like, okay, even though you may be in a great place, like financially, emotionally, like just in just a state of mind, not everyone's going to be the same, the same as you. So you have to like kind of take that with the right. and like realize like, oh, this person may be going through like a hard time. So I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and just still assume that they're like inherently a good person. It's great, man. It's all energy, man. If you're giving off good energy, it's just going to come right back. It's crazy. Zero optimism. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I wish I had that earlier in life. I'm, I've, I've had to transfer that and then switch my mindset a little bit later. But yeah, it's been so huge. Um, I also think, honestly, just getting to Instagram really quick. Like, I think that's something that's helped your Instagram growth too. Just not just responding to comments and like engaging, but actually like shouting other creators out and just putting them up saying like all these nice things. I mean, obviously you mean all, all the things that you say, but I think that is like such an amazing way to not just connect with people, but you're just going to, you're just going to grow amazing relationships and actually grow your brand too. So, so many people focus on like the content and the content's important. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, they, they focus on a lot of other things that maybe they shouldn't be focusing on and just like putting people up and making them feel good is, is exactly. huge. Cause like for me, I try to, I, tr- my, I obviously, like you said, content's important and like that I want my content to be, to be good. But like, as far as like with my stories and even like, as far as like the captions that I'm posting in them, I want them all to have this semblance of positivity like throughout and I know like with my audience it's not big um, but it's like I would consider it like a strong following because I don't think like oh yeah I think people today are like extremely obsessed with the numbers of everything and I would rather have like the size audience that I have now and like the because I get like a lot of the same people that comment on my, my photos and like DM me all the time. Um, and I would rather have that than people who are like, and I can tell that they're being genuine. Like they, they're leaving genuine comments. They're not leaving just like a bunch of emojis and stuff like that. Um, I would rather have right. that than have a million followers and people just throwing flame emojis the entire time. Because like right. it feels like right. even though it is online and it's through like a cell phone and it's an app, like I feel like I am building relationships. And like these are things that go deeper than just like an Instagram algorithm. And so I would rather like yeah. be positive and like, share other people's profiles that like like a guy for instance like short stash on instagram he's one of my favorite photographers he's amazing mm-hmm. um and he's pretty big yeah. too. He has, he's like quite a large following several hundred thousand followers and i would i would constantly like comment on his photos because like i loved his work and i would be genuine and say like what like i liked about it 
and I would constantly, like, uh, there would be times where I would, like, shout them out on my store and be like, yes, if you guys are interested in, like, this type of, like, content similar to mine, but it's very stylistic, like, check him out. And then eventually, like, he no- took notice of that, and then, like, he started following me, and then we started DMing, and now, like, I would consider us, like, good, like, social friends. Like, we're friends on Instagram. Right. We, we chat, like, probably, like, right. once or twice a week, and it, it's, it was all through just, like, genuinely, like, responding to, to his work. And, like, it wasn't even so much his yeah. work, but, like, I vibed with, like, his personality, like, his comedic, like, stance and things that he was, like, saying in his captions. And so you, you build these relationships with like-minded people. So my mindset's, like, if I'm enjoying this content from, like, person X, Y, and Z, I'm this, I'm sure my audience will, too. And so it's, like, why wouldn't I share sure. that? I don't need to, like, I don't want to be the type of person that's, like, putting other people down to get ahead. I would rather put people up on a pedestal because I think then in the long run that's going to like give you like further gains and returns and just like a short short term gain from like putting somebody else down yeah I think dude micro influencers are so powerful especially with like a super engaged audience you know when you look at just the numbers at like oh he's got 200k and like you said he's just got a bunch of fire emojis people aren't really you know, engaging that much. He's the comment ratio to the follower ratio is pretty, pretty small, things like that. It, you know, just in terms of working with other creatives, you know, business wise and creatively, I'd much rather work with like micro influencers that are just killing the game. And I was talking about this with Edward Lee on the last podcast. Um, and he totally agrees. And I used to be in a photography pod. Have you ever done one of those before? A pod? Like a photo pod. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about where a group of photographers get together um, on, it was on WhatsApp and we would all post at the same time and we would all go and comment on each other's posts. Oh, Have you heard okay. of that? I think I know what you're talking an about. An engagement yeah. pod. Yeah, an engagement pod. So obviously you haven't done it since you you're clueless right now. I was right? like a pod. I'm like I'm in like a phone booth. It's like a physical. You are pod. In a, kind of a pod right now. Yeah. yeah. yeah my own pod just by myself. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyways, I I was in a pod a long time ago, and uh, the guy that was running it was just so brutal and like harsh towards these people that were in the pod. And it was because he had the most followers. He had like 90,000 followers or something like that. And all of us had, I don't know, maybe four or 5,000 at the time. We're trying to grow our right, Instagrams right. and get engagement and all that. And and if you didn't follow the, rule, the rules properly, he would kick you out. But he did it in such an, a mean way. And he did that to me. Like I didn't post... I haven't, I didn't use the pod in like two weeks. And if you don't use the pod in a certain amount of time, you get kicked out, but he didn't just say, Hey, Hey Zach, sorry, man, we had to let you go. Like, hope you understand. It was like, you're out. Like you suck. Like, yeah, yeah, (laughs) whatever. And I'm like, dude, you don't know if I could have helped you in some sort of way. Like you just automatically boom, burn that bridge. I don't want anything to do with you ever again. Exactly. And sure enough, somebody in that pod now has a much bigger audience than he does. And I was just like, well, game over. Came around back to him. It's that sense of, like I said, practical karma. I don't believe in karma in the sense it's like this mystical thing. But it's like he, if you're a dick to other people, they will remember that. Whether or not they may not remember exactly what you said or exactly how the interaction went. 
but they will remember a general feeling of what it was like to interact with that person and that right. stuff like especially negative things that like sticks with you and yeah, yeah and it's like it's powerful and it's like it can be powerful in a really mm-hmm. good way or a really bad way and i'm mm-hmm. sure this guy is like he thought he was high and mighty because he had almost 100k followers and it's interesting to me yeah i'm like through work and through like i've met a good amount of influencers and it, mm-hmm. there's like a stark difference you'll meet people who have amassed these massive followings and it seems that it's there's no median they're either extremely conceited and cocky and completely full of himself and self-righteous thinking that they're better than me because solely because of the fact that they have millions of followers i'm sure they buy followers and all this other garbage and then you also meet people with just as large a followings who are like some of the most genuine people i've ever met who like truly deeply care and so it's yeah it's interesting and i've tried to figure out and think like why why that's so different and it comes to my like from my understanding it's like the circle that like you're kind of running with and the people that you're surrounding yourself with it seems like those like like minds attract like minds so these people who are very conceited and cocky are hanging out with other influencers who are very also yep. thinking the same thing that like oh if you're not as socially relevant as myself and my friends i don't want anything to do with you and did the same with like the positive sides like yeah. okay, we want to be surrounded by people who are like positive and like like yeah. maintaining that like sense of like positivity like through their through their like whole persona sure yeah totally um i actually i want to take it back now because we're certain we're, we're getting we're getting too far ahead of ourselves yeah, right now deep into the Instagram. Um, we're getting we're getting we, we keep getting deep which is good no i yeah. love it this is amazing <laughs> uh, <laughs> but anyways just for people that don't really know what what was the trend we'll start we'll start with you working at your uh financial advising firm what was the transition where you were like okay i don't want to do this anymore and i want to start doing this thing with the camera right so what what was that kind of i'll go back a little bit further i'll go back to college because okay Okay. i done deal the the road from me starting college to getting to where i am now it's kind of interesting and it's not like most traditional like tracks that kids take so I right. did traditional college, like at just a state school in Illinois um, mm-hmm. for for two years, a smaller school, like right, 20 minutes outside of St. Louis. And so I did that for okay. two years. Um, but the, the year, the summer after my freshman year, I got an internship at a financial advising firm. And prior to this, I had assumed that I was going, like I had, was dead set on getting my bachelor's at the school I was going to and then going to law school following that and then becoming a corporate lawyer. Like that was, I was dead set. I had internships lined up down the road from when I was like a junior or senior in college, like for law. Um, Cause we had like family friends who like had a very successful firm and like they were like waiting yeah. for me to, they were like, yeah, we're, we're here. We're just, once you get become a junior, you have the internship. But I got this financial advising right. internship um, through like a friend of mine who like his, like our mentor like kind of like found him and then through my friend found me and so did the internship that summer really liked it really loved the people i worked with went back to school that sophomore year did the internship again that summer um Mm -hmm. and then realized like okay you know what like why am i wasting my time i knew traditional college from the start was not for me i just did did not find the value in it intrinsically Mm -hmm. and i would also i the thing that bothered me most is like i don't even care about it but like i'm still going to class because i like the the cost is there i'm paying for it but i would see friends that like 
were skipping class even though they're paying for the the school. I'm like, you realize you're paying for mm-hmm. this and you're just not going. So to me, it was right. like, well, that was me. I, yeah, I didn't, <laughs> I couldn't comprehend it. So I'm like, you know what, this isn't for me. So I, I transferred to and started doing classes online. And then I started working in my firm full time when I was like a junior in college. Um, so that's like, mm-hmm. I'm only 23, but like I have two and a half years of financial advising experience on top of like sure. the the two years of like photo and video that I've done. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm an old soul at the young age of 20. There you go. There you go. <laughs> um, Not a bad thing, man. Not a bad thing no, at all. No, I don't, I don't mind. And like, granted, I did miss out on like some, some social kind of aspects as far as like partying in college. But like, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely making up for that now in New York. Like this is, New Dude. York is a great place to be young and single. I can tell you that for sure. Um, but I'm getting ahead of myself there. So I, I did the financial, um, advising role for probably leading up until like my, my senior year of college. It was that it was my first semester. And at this point I I had picked up a camera about six months prior and I was like, just starting to kind of learn things. And I think I had met you Mm -hmm. for the first time in between that point. And at this point I had, so I had school, my firm. And then at this point I'd started to like get a little bit of freelance work in St. Louis and it was kind of picking mm-hmm. up and I'm realizing, okay, this is not only lucrative to the point where I can like make a, a living doing this. It's like, I really enjoy doing it, especially when I would get gigs that I really liked. I'm like, wow, I'm really passionate about this. and I really, really love this. And so yeah. at that point, like I was starting to get jobs like about eight or nine months in then to where like I was getting flown out to LA to like shoot with like Russell Wilson and it was like Bel Air Mansion. And I'm like, okay, wow. like this is crazy. This speeds like doing paperwork and meeting with like clients. And so <laughs> yeah, it does. I knew that like, okay, there are these three things in my life that are going on right now. These three massive things that are taking up a lot of time. And mm-hmm. one of them, however, isn't making me any money and I don't enjoy it, it's, but it's costing me money. And that was school. I was doing my online classes. And so I, after right. several long conversations with my mom, because my mom's she, she has her doctorate in early childhood education. And oh, she, wow. yeah, she's an administrator at a school district. So wow. she's very pro-education. So it was very difficult <laughs> to, yes. to broach that conversation with her and kind of like convince her that this was the path for me and that like my path of education doesn't mean that I have to go to traditional school. You can become educated sure. in a, a thousand different ways. And so sure. after long conversations, I finally convinced her that I was like, okay, I'm just going to do the finance work. And cause you don't need, you don't need a college degree to practice as a financial advisor. You just need the proper licenses. Um, mm-hmm. and so I dropped out of school or I, I like to say I took a gap year, which is still going on to this to, to, to this day, which has been about like three years right. now. So it was a, a long gap year. <laughs> That's a great gap year. That's a great gap year. Yeah. <laughs> and so at that point, it was only about three months after that I dropped out of school that then I, then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to, I was making enough money doing freelance work that I'm like, I'm spending 35 to 40% of my time, mainly on the weekends doing this. Mm-hmm. And I'm making almost as much money. My income was slowly getting close to what I was making in the firm. And so I'm like, you know, at this point, I'm passionate about photo and video. So I'm -hmm. I'm just going to I'm just going to transition out. So it's not like I just up and quit the the firm. I like had a couple conversations with like my mentor and he was completely supportive, which was amazing. And to this day, like I'll still call him and like I ask him for advice because he's not only like a great mentor in the financial industry, but like a great life mentor. 
Um, yeah. It's taught me so much. And so I realized like, okay, this is what I really want to do. So I transitioned from finance into doing freelance full time. And mm. it took about three and a half, four months to transition, like realizing like, okay, this was the right decision. And so it's not like, I always tell people like, how did you make the decision to, to quit a secure job and do freelance work? <laughs> and I'm like, okay, that's like an extremely loaded statement because one, I don't think any job is secure. Whether you work in the corporate That's industry, right. whether you work at fucking Walmart, McDonald's, at a desk job, whether you're an accountant or a teacher, no job is secure. In fact, mm-hmm. I found that like me relying on myself for my own income, that was more secure because I have complete control over that. I was able to make as much or as little amount of money as I wanted based on how much I want to, how hard I want to work. And so for mm-hmm. me, I never saw it as a fear. And so people are like, how did you take that like leap of faith? And I, I would tell them, it was like, yes, it was like a difficult decision, but it was more of a, a calculated risk. And so like through yes. that, and I was able to like transition out over time. And then once right. I transitioned into doing freelance full time, it was only like three months after that, that like Tom DM'd to me on Instagram. And I was like, hey man, yeah. you wanna come out on a trip with us for Beautiful Destinations? Right. Like it was like, and it was essentially like an impromptu interview. Um, and so we ended up doing like this three day road trip through like uh, Las Vegas, like Utah, um, Nevada. And it was like, it was crazy. Like, I it was three days. It was the most intense to this day. It was the most intense trip I've ever done. And because the Johnson mm-hmm. brothers, who are like two of the founders of our company, are absolutely yeah. crazy, like in a good way. They're like good crazy. And I didn't sleep for three days straight on this trip. <laughs> and so I remember like, I remember like, going to the airport in Vegas, flying home. And like, I was just like, had a smile on my face, but I also like, I sat down on the airplane and I fell asleep before it took off and I didn't wake up till like it after it landed. Wow. And then realized wow. at that point, I'm like, I'm so exhausted, but like the memories that I created were so amazing. So I took that opportunity with BD. Um, and then about a month or two after that, packed my stuff up and moved to New York. And I've been here ever since. Wow. Holy crap, dude that the like the last year it like it's so funny to hear people's stories because it starts in this like slow drag and then it just goes whoop. that's exactly how it feels too yeah yep yeah oh 100 dude it's crazy um let's uh i want to get back to that dm that tom sent you because i don't know if i think you saw that i posted on instagram uh, yo, what questions do you have for Logan? And pretty much everyone was like, yo, how'd you get a job with Beautiful Destinations? Which is the question that you get asked probably all the time. I can probably pull up the exact DM. Um, and if it's not oh, too that's cringy juicy. what I replied, I'll say what I replied back. <laughs> I was, Dude, go for it. <laughs> okay, yep, I found it. Um, let's see, so this is April 12th of 2018 is when he DM'd me. Uh, he said, hey, Logan, hope all is well. Just came across your stuff and was super impressed. Um, hopefully you're familiar with Beautiful Destinations. We'd love to chat and hear what you're up to full time. He said he's working on a few things and could be an interesting fit for you. Cheers, Tom. And I remember seeing that direct message and like looking at my phone. Oh, I've and I pulled up notes to reply because I'm like I'm not gonna oh, risk yeah. something right. that I don't want to risk say. anything. Yeah. And so I remember spending like I remember spending like hours crafting this message. And it ended up being like four sentences. And basically just be like, thanks, man. That means a lot coming from you. Um, I would love to visit the conversation of being part of the BD team. And then it was like looking forward to chat with you. Like I'm available this to this time. Um, but like yeah. back to the question that you asked, like how do you, how did I get a job here? It's like, so for how big 
social media is. Like Instagram has like 300 million daily active users, right? So for mm-hmm. how big it is, it's the, the, the creator space is actually relatively small. Like even myself, like who's someone who's actively engaging with everybody, I have like a pretty good idea of like most people that are, are good at the type of content that's similar to what I produce. So, sure. and what I tell people is like, they're always like, how do I get a job here? I'm like, you need to stop focusing. And not to say that you shouldn't focus on the job as the end goal, because for myself included, like I was like, it sounds crazy to say out loud and it sounds like kind of like oh mumbo jumbo but like i remember because like beautiful destinations was my end goal when i started kind of like getting into like creating content like this is the company that i wanted to work for specifically yep and so i remember going to bed thinking and like not even realizing what i was doing at the time but like literally manifesting the job here and going to bed thinking to myself i don't know how and i don't know I don't know the track that I'm going to do to get there, but I will work at Beautiful Destinations. I remember going to bed thinking that, and like, I didn't know yeah. I was like actually in the process of like manifesting this idea. But in hindsight, I was like, wow, I like actually manifested that. But aside from that, it wasn't that just became a catalyst for the fact that like I knew that I needed to improve tenfold if I ever wanted to even have a chance of working here. And so sure. when people ask me that, they're like, oh, what do, what do I do to get a job here? And like, although the networking and everything like that's really crucial and important, as lo- if you're, if the, the content that you're producing and the filmmaking that you're, you're doing is, is good enough, we will see it at BD. We have like, we have a very good like eye and like, we're very aware of like people, like young talent that's like in the social space. So if you're good at yep. like, that's the biggest thing that I tell people, I'm like, Go back, stop worrying about getting the job and worry about perfecting your craft to the point to where it's like we can, we'll see you once you're good enough, essentially. Sure, sure. So that's like what I tell people. Do you, um, I mean, obviously, obviously you want to be posting content already that's similar to Beautiful Destinations content. So like you're not, like your team is not going to like look at someone posting just like, urban photography or something or or are they depending um, on so really how we don't are. photography is not actually what we look at when we're hiring for our team um we don't look at photographers at all actually we're yeah. looking for people who Just are video? able to do like and it doesn't have to be so people always ask like how do you edit in like the bd style and i'm like i think my own style just came from a culmination of people i was like inspired inspired by and then like my own trial and error and because like the bd style like i if you look at the guys in our team there's like like eight people on our team currently who are like full-time creators and i can if you show me a video i can immediately tell you who's like whose video that is but like together collectively is what creates like that BD style. And there are like some similarities between all of our work, but they're all instinctively different too. So people I think become obsessed with like trying to edit in a specific style. And I'm like, no, that doesn't need to be what you focus on. If you create your own style, that's actually preferred. Like we would rather find someone who's like innovating in the space and being original versus like just trying to copy Sam Calder every day of the week. We would much rather prefer that because like if you're coming in and you're innovating, like I always tell people, don't try to be Sam Calder. Try to be the next Sam Calder. Try to be the one innovating right. this space, so people are trying to copy you instead of vice versa. 
instead of just focusing on like, oh, I have to do X, Y, and Z transitions. I'm like, no, focus on like storytelling and using these transitions in a creative way to that propels the story. Cause that's like the biggest thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good, dude. I think, I think it's also important going back to what you're saying, um, to, you don't have to be the talented artist in the world because there's, there's so many people that are talented, right? There's so many kids that are 17, 16, 17 years old that are just crushing the game. And there's also people that are like, 28 that are crushing the game but the 28 year old isn't getting the job but the 17 year old is getting the job and why it's not that they're more talented there's there's something that's going on with their delivery the type of person they are so many different things that don't have to do with how good you are oh yeah skill wise i people will ask me this a lot for advice is like and freelance worker trying to get a, a, a career in the creative space. And I tell people, I myself am not by any means even close to the most talented creator out there. There are plenty of people that are much better editors than me. And if you were looking at it from a specific factor of like pure editing, should deserve the job at Beautiful Destinations more than I do. But that's not the only thing that I'm bringing to the table or trying to bring to the table on a day-to-day basis. And I think that this translates in the corporate space and even more so in the freelance space. It's like, it's your entire process of like working with people. You can be the best creator in the world, but if you're not delivering assets on time, if, you, if, you're, if you're not answering client emails in like a timely manner, if you're not being respectful, polite, like knowing how to craft an email in the right way or, or answer a phone call and sounding professional, those are skills that are going to make you get the job over someone who's probably technically on a like physical shooting and like editing scale or metric better than you. So those are skills I think that are entirely overlooked in the creative space. It's like, okay, you can do as many cool transitions as you want, but like I guarantee put me in front of a client versus that kid. I'm going to, I'm going to get the job over them. Right. And it's just about, yeah, it's about creating this and from start to, especially in freelance. And even if I do freelance work still today, from the first time I reach out or somebody reaches out to me, to the time that the product is delivered, I want that person to think, one, that yes, the content's good. That's what they're like usually paying for. But two, it's like, wow, that was such a pleasant experience working with Logan or working with Logan and his team that we we would feel, we, we feel like we can't work with anybody else because of how seamless and how pleasant that experience was. And that'll not yep. only get you returning work from that specific client, but then that client may know of other clients are going to then refer you to them and it's just going to create this network and of people knowing that like because that's how i was able to kind of capitalize in st louis it's like oh logan's like logan's quick he's fast as far as like his returns of deliverables and he's great to work with he's like really fun to be around and like as far as like he's professional but he can also like he's pleasant to interact with and like through that like you're able to like create a whole persona around your brand or your business that like people want to work with you and that's the biggest thing it's like people, yeah. you want people to work with you. You don't want people just like, just for like the content that you're creating. Sure. And, and honestly, like, especially with freelance work and other clients and stuff, like they're not going to be able to tell like all the details that you're putting into and all the, just like, it's not a Quentin Tarantino film. You know what I mean? And I think so many people focus on that, including myself and especially in the beginning. And I know you did too. Um, but it's really, it's, it's your customer 
because they're a customer. You have to think of them as a customer. And it's that customer journey. Are you creating excitement? Do they want to come back to you? Um, just like you said, are you delivering the product on time? Is it fun? Are they are they having a good time with yeah, you? Exactly. You know what I mean? Um, it has to be such an enjoyable, fun experience where they're just dying to either do another project with you or refer refer you to uh, their friends. So, dude, you nailed that on the head. And, you know, it, yeah, it needs, it needs to be talked about so much more. I feel yeah, like people aren't talking about like, it enough. I always tell people it's like the term starving artist exists for a reason. It comes from like artists who are probably extremely talented in multiple different fields, whether you're a music producer, a photographer, a writer, a producer, you may be extremely good at that specific task. And yeah, that might, if uh, if you're in the top 1% or even 0.1%, you can probably coast on just your talent or your skill alone. However, most oh, yeah. of us aren't there. Most of us are not, fact of the matter, is I'm not in the top 1% of travel filmmakers or filmmakers in general. You and I both. (laughs) Yeah. So because of that, you have to create, you have to make yourself an asset based off of other things too. That way, because I don't want to starve. I'm like being self, like I like nice things. So it's like, okay, how can I achieve that through like, through my work and like as a freelancer or even in like getting a a job full-time salary with benefits, like, okay, that's nice. That's a nice thing to have. And how can I achieve that? And it's like, okay, I looked at BD and it's like people there, they have a very team oriented feel. And it's like everyone, everyone on our team, all the guys are like really just great. Like a lot of them are like my close friends. So it's like, you want to be able to have positive relationships with all those people that you're working with or working for. And then also like the clients that you're like servicing, like you want, it just has to like be a pleasant experience. Like, cause I have to come in and I have to see everyone in our office every single day. And it's like with your clients, you have to like communicate with them because the hope is that like they come back to you for more work down the road. Right. Right. Absolutely. Dude. Nailed it. Absolutely. Nailed it. I love it. Um, let's talk about your actual day to day. Cause I think a lot of people are interested in yeah. that. Um, what does your, what does your day to day look like? Just kind of a typical day for you. And then what is kind of like your big picture schedule look with travel and things? Does it go back and forth? Is it pretty much like, Oh, we do this many trips every quarter or this many trips every month. How do, how does it, how do they break that down for you? So it's a bit of, it's, it's different. It varies. Um, so believe it or not, like my Instagram, like, and I try to be relatively transparent, especially in my stories showing that like, okay, I'm not always traveling. I'm not like, I'm not one of those guys that's on the road all the time because for myself, I don't even know that I would like that. I don't even know that I would enjoy traveling 365 days. A right. Day. You're, I said you're a routine earlier, guy. Yeah. I'm a routine guy. I'm pretty habitual. And so like, I'm not like in helicopters every single day of the week. I'm not like doing like all these like crazy selfies and all these cool places all the time. Um, that's not to say that I don't get to do that stuff cause I do and it's amazing and I love it. And so for us, we, we have some bigger contracts with like tours and boards as our main clients. So like, um, Jamaica tours and board, the U S tours and board to, to name a few, um, we're like pretty much have nailed, Egypt as our as our like next client and so like we have these larger clients who those are pretty those are pretty structured as far as like how often we're doing trips so like for for brand USA which is the US tourism board um, we send two teams out a month to do a trip and so I was just in Massachusetts which like 
going into it, I really didn't have that much excitement to it, but it ended up being amazing. Like, if you go on my Instagram, you can see some photos from some of the stuff we did, and it was, like, unbelievable. We did, like, we had, like, two biplanes, like, 1930 biplanes, like, flying next oh, to each yeah. other. And so, like, I was able to, like, Dude. shoot. It was, it was sweet. It was very oh, cool. Oh, my God. We went sailing. <laughs> I went sailing for the first time, which I've never done. And, like, if you've never done sailing, I never realized, like, how far the boat, like, tips, like, physically. Right. And it's I was like, because I, I had our C200 and like my entire bag of equipment in the boat. And I was like, I thought for sure, I'm like, fuck, this boat's flipping. I'm like, in our gear, it's just going to go in the water. <laughs> right, and right. They're like, no, no, no. They're like, it's supposed to do that. They're like, it can't, like, it can't flip over. You're, you're okay. I'm like, okay, if you say so, I'll trust you. You guys are the professionals. Um, right. So about, I would say one to two weeks out of the month um, is when I'm on the road. Probably about one and a half weeks is when it ends up being like on average. And okay. so probably 50% of that time is going to be like, okay, I know where I'm going. It's pretty structured. Now, there are times where, like, it's like, hey, you're going to Florence, like, next week. Hope you're ready. And it's like, and you <laughs> told me that, like, on a Thursday. And oh, like, shit. Okay. But, like, it's like, okay, great. I will try to prepare by then. So there are definitely times where it's like, oh, you have to get your shit together. And, like, you're literally leaving, like, tomorrow or something like that. Um, yeah. Like, I did, I, we filmed the Kentucky Derby this year. And I didn't know I was going until, like, we left Monday. I didn't know I was going until Friday. And so I was like, okay, like, sweet. Wow. I have to go buy clothes for the Kentucky Derby because, like, You're you right. got to be, like, fitted. We did. We got, like, we were we were looking pretty baller. It was pretty cool. Pretty polished. Pretty oh, polished. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, it was, it was fun. It was a unique experience, to say the least. I never thought I would say I'd been to the Kentucky Derby, but I have. And, like, I have a custom hat from, like, the premier hat maker at the Derby, and I'll never wear wow. it again ever wow <laughs> it's not well it's cool you got it yeah I'm i have it sticking it's on the cool shelf little you know? memento um but yeah. then in new york at least it's like i very much work like a like a nine to five like we have a bit of leeway as far as scheduling goes because and i wouldn't even say nine to five it's more like like seven forty-five to nine and that's not like because they make us stay as late it's like one like before working here like this was my hobby and like this was what i was passionate about and so, like, I'm like, if I'm going to be editing at home because it's fun, I'm like, I might as well do it at work where I have, like, a pro computer and, like, my friends are here. And so, so we're yeah. here. We work, like, like 80 or 90 hours a week, not because, like, we have to. And sometimes we do. Sometimes it's, like, we have deadlines we have to meet. And it's, like, pretty strenuous and, like, kind of stressful. But, like, most times it's, like, we just enjoy hanging out here. Like, we enjoy each other's company and we all enjoy working. So it's, like, what else are we going to do? So, like... For me, during the week, I, I go to the gym in the morning, um, so I wake up around like 5.30, um, head to the gym, get my workout in, and I'm usually in the office by like 8.30, 8.45, and then I'm here, any, and I'm here until like usually anywhere between like 5 and 9 is what I would say. It's pretty like flexible as far as like when I actually leave and go home. Um, sure. And then during the day, I'm usually editing probably... 70% of the day and then the other portion of the time's just spent like in meetings and stuff like that. So like during right, my right. time in New York, it's like a pretty normal job. Yeah. Do you guys have uh, designated editors or how do you guys kind of like systematize that? Right. So we have four in-house full-time editors who are, are four like girl editors. They're great. They're amazing. Um, and they do like a lot of they, they do a lot of stuff that, like, fortunately, they fortunately for me do a lot of stuff that, like, I don't want to do, which is, like, sounds yes. kind of like, it sounds kind of like a, a dick move by saying that, but it's, like, 
I, I know my worth at this company, so it's like I'm I'm at the point to where like I get to be kind of selective because I've I've worked my ass off to get here, and so and I'm aware of that, and so it's like I get to do a lot of the projects that I want to do, and a lot of that sure. stuff then outside of that is designated to like the edit the editing team essentially. Um, right. So like the creators is what they call us, like the the eight people who like travel, shoot, and edit. We are usually working on like the bigger stories and the bigger projects, and then like some of the smaller micro content and assets like that are usually passed down to like the editors to take care of. Sure, yeah, yeah, dude. That's I don't. That's not a bad thing. You you know, it it, it might feel like a dick move, but it's not a dick move because yeah, you did you work have to for remind it. Yourself, you know, it's like self worth is so important, especially in the creative field. I feel like it's something that's lost a lot of times. It's like knowing what your value is to a specific like to either your craft or to a client that you're servicing or to the company that you work for and I for a bit of time like in the beginning of my employment here and then even as a freelancer I was letting like people like walk all over me and like take advantage of me and then you have to take a step back and like and not to say that like when I was here for the first like three months I definitely like put my time and I like grinded I said yes to everything and I think that that's like you shouldn't be overly compensating for like your self-worth in the beginning of anything that you're entering into you definitely have to like put your time in and like earn that but like once you earn your spot it's like okay i know the worth that i'm providing this company so it's like i'm oh i i should realize that and like not only take advantage of that but just be mindful of it and be present of like hey i know what i'm worth here i know like what value i bring here so like i'm going to do like things that like projects that i want to do and pitch things that i want to want to pitch right you're you're putting yourself in a place where you thrive. Yeah, right. And all the th- all the things that either don't provide you fulfillment or joy or the things that take away from you thriving, you outsource or you have somebody else do it or whatever. A quote my mentor used to say is uh delegate everything but your genius. So delegate exactly. everything outside of the things that you are specifically the best at and the things that you want to do the most because like you said like if i'm why why the fuck would i want to do something i don't want to do (laughs) at the end of the day exactly it comes down to it's like if it's not providing me joy and happiness it's like and, and also like and that's not to say you shouldn't do things for other people because like for me at least like doing selfless acts does provide happiness for me and so like things like that are different but if it's like if it's inherently if i know i'm being taken advantage of and I know that I'm not benefiting from it. Like, there's no point in me doing it. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, I just I just made a point. Uh, I made a post today. Work less, make more. And uh, you know, creators. I think everybody struggles with it, but creators more so really have a hard time letting that go. They they have that um, the their argument. Their main argument is if you're if you're passionate, it's not the hustling you're not hustling grind if you're passionate about it and my point is well there's things in every business that you just shouldn't be doing and there are things in your business that aren't that aren't you're you're not going to like there are some things that you're not going to like yeah and so you really need to narrow it down to the things that really either move your business forward and, and it puts you in your zone of genius like you said um, and everything else over time needs to be outsourced, delegated, or just get rid of in your entire life. And 100%. creators just really, they struggle with letting that go. They think they have to, 
to shoot all the time, edit all the time. It's, they they it's get in this, the this yeah. endless trap. Yeah. My mentor used to tell us, he would, he would say, and I, like, I carried this over to myself as like a freelancer. It, he would talk about like, because we, we were fee-based practice, meaning that you, we would charge our clients X amount of dollars for their services. And like based off of their, their portfolio size, that's how much money we would make. And he would say, okay, what do you guys think would happen if we tripled our fee for the year? And we were like, ah, we were scared. We were like, we don't want to do that. Like, because we, had a, we were a young team of like five guys. And we were like, we don't want to do that. Like, we're going to lose so many clients. We're going to lose like half our book of business. And he's like, okay, so you think that losing half your book of business is going to be an issue when you're increasing your profits by like 66%. And I was like, right. I'm like, oh my God, you're right. Like we're going to be doing less work, but making more money. <laughs> and so like, I there even tell that to people who like in the freelance space, I'm like, people are scared to like raise their prices. And I'm like, no, just know your value. And not only are you going to find like work that you're going to like align with better, but like when people pay for something, they see value in that. So if like, instead sure. of doing, like shooting concerts for free and doing other bullshit like that for like a really low dollar amount, a lot of times they're just not even going to appreciate what you're doing for them or they're going to take advantage of you. But if you know your value, you are persistent and you're consistent with those, the, your clients are going to appreciate that more than anything, whether or not yeah. like, it feels like it. Yeah. You're going to, you're going to attract those people too. You know what I mean? You're not, if you keep the, your prices the same, you're going to attract the people that want those prices. And those aren't the type of clients that you want. I, I learned how much a videographer was making per project. Um, and it was like $5,000 per project. And at the time, I don't know, I think my highest paid client at the time was maybe like 2000. And I was like really proud of that. And I heard he was doing 5,000 per project. And I'm like, huh? <laughs> You're like, wait a second. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wait a second. Like I, I'm, you know, I, I know I might not be, at his level right now, but I'm close and like, hmm. And I started questioning this and, and I'm like, wow, I just, that means I just need to do two projects a month to make six figures. That's exactly huh. how I do. I, yeah. Yeah. I was like, what do I need to do to make six? Cause that was a goal of mine. Cause like my mom was making like around that at the time. And like, we had just had a bunch of conversations about me dropping out and it, like, it was not, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to make more than my mom this year. And so it yeah. came down to like, what do <laughs> I need to go. do to make six figures? And I'm like, if I shoot X amount of like one minute assets for like for $4,000, I'm like, okay. And at the time I like had a, a subcontract with like a mattress company when it was like internet mattress companies and they were paying me already to do like up like $3,500 for like a 30 second video, like once a month, they would fly me out and I'd do that. And so I'm like, okay, yeah. that's taken care of. I don't even have to search for any other work outside of that. So like at that yep. point, I'm like, okay, just gotta do $6,500 more a month. And like, I'm on the, my way. And it was right, just like right. doing simple math. And I'm just like, oh shit, like, yeah. this is great. Yeah. <laughs> if you break it down to simple math, it seems so much more attainable. I love doing that. It's like anything, any big goal, even like a million dollar oh, yeah. goal. It's like, you break know, it down. a thousand dollar, yeah. Yeah, we, we can get into more of that, but I want to keep it going. Um, a lot of people ask you a bunch of questions, and I kind of want to just like rifle through a few of them. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, or else I'm going to forget and everyone's going to get pissed off. So um, let's do it. So Anthony, the homie Anthony Natino, 
he asked you, how did you, how do you balance work and personal life with videography? Do you have balance? That's a pretty typical question, but it's still a good one. Very for good. For a while, I didn't have a good balance. Like for even working here for the first couple months, like my fitness was definitely slacking. Like I noticed I was like not working out nearly as often as like as I would like. I would just be like either on trips or like here in the office editing. And then additionally to that, it's like I wouldn't be going out and socializing. And yeah. I think I think that that did benefit me to an extent um, to where it like furthered myself in a position at the company. So I think it was good for the time being, but I probably let it run along, run, run its course a bit too long. Yeah. And so now like I, I think I've met, I'm at the best place I've ever been as far as like a proper work-life balance. I go to the gym like usually eight times a week which like because i'll go to the gym like twice a day a couple times like i'll do a class like later on because i've i sure equinox so, like i love yeah. doing like yeah. the classes in addition to like my own training sessions um yeah so i'm working and i love to work out so that's the, like that's for me is like a huge part of my balance um yeah and so like i'm training a lot which i fucking love uh my diet is like i'm cooking a lot more because i'm like taking the time to like leave the office and go home and like cook for myself which i really because i also yep. really enjoy cooking and then on the weekends like if i'm not on the road traveling like me and me and my friends like we're going out like i i'm not scared like a lot of people talk about like oh like to be successful you have to like you have to be sober and you have to you can't go out and party and like <laughs> one thing gary vaynerchuk who like I, I agree with most things he says, but he always talks yeah. about sacrificing his twenties to be successful in your forties. And I don't yeah. agree with that because I think that you can achieve your goals while maintaining a balanced lifestyle in your twenties. And for me, so I'm like that's my thing. Like I'm having a fantastic time making great he's like and he talks a lot about how so and he talks about negatively from perspective like, oh you're just going out and drinking. And for me, it's like, no, yes, I am going out and drinking. And yes, like I, yes, I'm getting drunk. Yes, 100%. Yeah. yeah. But for me, I'm yeah. making yeah. great memories of my friends. And it, it's, for me, it's like really fucking fun. I just enjoy it. So like, and yeah. I'm like, I'm going to do that. It's putting me at a, a, a mentally better state than if I was just to continue working on the weekends. I know for me, right. myself personally, that that wouldn't be right. hard to, for me to continue to do. So like, I pretty much go out like usually two, maybe I'll drink like a, a third night during the week if it's just like really casually um but usually it's like work gym eating healthy and then like going out on the weekends and that's like how i've kind of found balance that's great i think what you said about gary is is very true i i'm also uh i have a very similar mindset like if you work hard yeah you reward yourself i think and and he's starting to talk about these things more because i think he's starting to get some negative feedback about this stuff and he's now kind of going back and saying like, hey, um, I am not your typical person. And like, this is me. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he's having to start to say that more, I feel like, because if you just listen to him and follow exactly what he does, it can be very dangerous. It can, you can burn out extremely quickly yeah. or go into a state of mind that's like not healthy. Right. Yeah, and, and being in that positive mindset, having that pure joy and that happiness is going to make you more creative. It's going to allow you to come up with more ideas, help more people, make more money. I mean, there's so many side effects of just being present, being having fun, and also working hard and, and, and um, being proud of yourself for doing that. 
So yeah, there's a lot to be said about that. And that's, that's a whole other podcast episode we'll have to do later, but let's, <laughs> let's, let's keep it moving here. Yep. Cause I, I don't want to take up too much of your time. Um, let's see here. Ooh, this is, this is good. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce his name. It's a tour, a I T O R A A. Cool. A tour. Let's just go with a tour. Um, he asked you, what's your biggest, uh, he, he's basically asking what, what, what was the biggest mistake you've made that you've learned from or something that you failed at that uh, taught you a really valuable lesson, if you have any? I have no mistakes. I'm perfect. No, no. I'm <laughs> um, Great answer. <laughs> no. So it might go back to, it's kind of twofold. So like going back and realizing one, I w- in hindsight, it's 2020, obviously. And so like to say like I would go back and change so many things is like kind of silly. Like, for me, I realized that like every decision I've made in my past led me to where I am right now. And I'm really happy and I'm in a good place for myself. So like, I wouldn't typically change things, but it's like, if I go back and not go to college at all, knowing that like, I wanted to do a career that like you didn't, like I didn't like, knowing that I wasn't gonna be a lawyer or a dentist or a doctor, I would definitely not go to college from the get go. And I would like tell myself to like, focus on things that you're just truly passionate about. Cause like, if you're passionate yeah. about something yeah. like, in today's day and age, you can make a career out of it 90% of the time. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, let's go with the next one. Uh, Areeb, A-R-E-E-B. My man, Areeb. Areeb. He asked, is the travel video industry getting saturated on YouTube and Instagram? Um, and if so, does that mean you shouldn't make those kinds of videos? Um, yes. First off, yes. I think the entire social industry, no matter what niche you're in, travel, lifestyle, fashion, makeup, all of it's becoming more saturated. Um, mm-hmm. Does that mean you shouldn't? It, does that mean it's going to be more difficult to break through? Yes, 100%. Does that mean you should not try? No. If you, and the thing is, you shouldn't do it because you want to be famous or you want to like get a job just to travel the world and escape the nine to five and see blue ass water and shit like that. That shouldn't be the reason you're doing it. You should do it because you truly love what you're doing. And if you're passionate and you love what you do, that's why and how you're gonna become good at it. Like I remember I wanted to work at BD and I was very passionate about that. And me getting better was just a side effect of that passion. Yeah, I love that. one uh, let's uh, we'll do two more here uh this is kind of interesting i don't know how you're gonna respond to this you might this might this might stump you a little bit no it's it's good it's um, like i'm never stumped and, dude i can't get stumped I'm perfect, <laughs> yeah, i get stumped all the time man it's oh, terrible dude, daily. <laughs> uh yeah for sure um his name is Andretor. what is with these usernames guys come on you're killing me <laughs> you are killing me <laughs> Uh, Andrew Tor 97 he asked if your numbers like your engagement numbers on Instagram let's just say they just started dropping heavily how would that affect you slash would you do something different how would you change that that's a good question. all of a sudden didn't have a good engagement freak out <laughs> I would I would cry I would start off by going to the fetal position and realizing the world was ending no yes. um <laughs> Honestly, at this point, like, 
the main reason I was trying to grow my Instagram for a while was to like partly get noticed at BD and like at this company. Mm-hmm. And so like yeah. at this at this point now in my career, I'm really in love with like the style of photography that I that I'm creating and like because with my photos, I try to and like even with my videos, like I always try and like create this like ethereal kind of feeling and like a lot of times I'll describe it as like kind of like Earth Two. It's like it's a version of like the world that like seems it's different. It can almost be like a different universe or something like that. And I'm really I love it. I love the style that I'm shooting. And so like if I saw my engagement drop drastically, I probably honestly wouldn't change anything. I would just kind of steer the course because the algorithm, just so people if they don't know, the algorithm literally changes daily. It uses machine learning and so like you're never gonna be able to stay on top of the algorithm. People are going to fall in and out of relevancy. And so like I know as long as I'm I am enjoying what I'm making on a day-to-day basis, like I'm sure that like and I and more so like keeping a positive attitude that like even if my engagement dips, like I'm just gonna trust the process and assume that it'll it'll come back up. Yeah, I think that's a great answer. You yeah, have a message, be passionate about it. If you're impacting just one person, you're doing something exactly. right. Exactly. Yeah, yep. for sure. Um, oh, <laughs> your, your your buddy Chris Shepard has a oh question God. for you. He asks, how do you feel about your roommate being way cooler than you in every facet of life? <laughs> okay, Chris. I'll answer this quickly and short. Chris is, I'm, I'm the one who claims the apartment, so he's really messy. <laughs> <laughs> and then outside of that, Chris was an engineer, which is kind of a nerdy profession prior to like being in video. Uh, so I don't know that he can really claim that he's the cooler roommate in every facet. Um, yeah. So I'm just I'm just gonna have to dismiss that entirely. That's that's fine. I'll let you guys duke it out after this episode. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, I got a couple more. Are you still Are you good on time? Yeah, I'm good, dude. Yeah. We okay. have like this thing right, called cool. like summer Fridays at work. So like on Fridays we like everyone can leave after like one PM. So I'll Oh sick. Oh wow, you're oh, my groovy. Last, my last okay. meeting was at twelve thirty, okay, cool. so I'm good, dude. I'm just cruising now. Okay, cool. And I'm going to get um, drinks after this, so like I'm just There you go, <laughs> man. Party it up, dude. Hell yeah. I had a t- I had a literally oh it got thrown on like a TV spot this week that like I wasn't even on the project and so like they like threw yeah. me on like, Hey, can you edit the rest of this? And I'm like, I guess yeah <laughs> so like i had to grind and finish that a bunch of other projects so i'm like you know what i'm gonna celebrate this weekend i worked my ass off so uh, there you go there you go do you ever drink and edit be honest uh, yeah <laughs> dude a glass like three glasses of sauvignon blanc i am at my peak creativity are you really oh yeah i actually think that like i oh, get into, like, a way better like flow as far as like cutting yes if i'm like a little bit yes tipsy. yeah i don't i you know when i was editing heavily um i don't I didn't like to abuse that little, uh, what word am I trying to think of? But it helps. It's like a little advantage. It's a little trick. Yeah. That advantage that I found, I I don't try, I don't try to abuse it, but if I'm like, okay, this is a project. I don't want to get into flow. Like, let's go. Yeah. Yeah. I'll have a, I'll have a drink. It really did help a ton. It just gets you loosened up. And like a lot of times like with our videos, we're all about like creating that like flow and like just getting like you don't want to be like so stiff whenever you're editing so it's like if you can get like loosened up you have like a glass or two of wine like you're like okay like yeah like yeah you know what like i'm feeling myself because it just like 
it lowers alcohol in this just inherently lowers your inhibition so it's like you may feel more confident about like what it is that you're doing at that moment so like if it's cutting sure. like, a lot of times for me cutting is like inherently instinctual so it's like if my inhibitions are lowered and i'm like confident in what i'm doing i'm just gonna be making these cuts i'm like yeah this is like right yeah, yeah. with this yeah well i think a lot of a lot of creators have that perfectionist mindset because they're really just insecure about their work um and alcohol kind of takes off the insecurity blanket um but you know you might wake up see your edit and be like holy shit this is terrible (laughs) yeah exactly uh hopefully that doesn't happen too often but um Yo, I want to get back to kind of like your routine. I know you said you're a routine guy and I'm a routine guy as well. I love it. Um, how do you maintain that routine while you're traveling? Do you still work out? Are you still keeping track of like what you're consuming calorie wise? Like what kind of things do you do while you're traveling? So on the road, I try to remain, I try to maintain as many of my habitual routines as I do when I'm in when I'm here in New York. Obviously, it's not going to be perfect. And so I, I also go into it knowing it's not gonna be perfect. So I don't try, like, I don't wanna set myself up for failure thinking like, oh, I'm gonna work out every single day and do, like, be have the perfect diet when I'm on the road because I just know it's not gonna be the case. It's not feasible. Sure. Um, however, yeah. I do try, like, I try and work out every single morning when, when we're on the road. So like if we're shooting sunrise, it means like I have to get up and usually the shorter workouts. So everything's usually a condensed version of what I'm doing here when I'm home. Um, so if I get up, I'll get up before even we go shoot sunrise or whatever, and I'll do like a quick 30 minute workout just to like get my heart rate going. And just so, cause I'm not really trying to progress while I'm on a trip. I'm just trying to more so maintain the conditioning and like my level of training that I have. And then- right. I'll implement things like intermittent fasting whenever I'm traveling just because we're so busy anyway that like we're just go, go, go that like I usually don't even I like forget to eat sometimes till later on and like usually we're eat because we'll film at a lot of like restaurants like we'll film a lot of cuisine stuff and usually the food's not the greatest but by like implementing like intermittent fasting or something like that that allows me to eat like a larger caloric amount later in the day and so it's just using yeah. tips and tricks like that and so just knowing that like if i can get a training session in a day or i know we're going to be doing a physically strenuous like type of shoot because we do a lot of like hikes and all kinds of crazy stuff like sure. that like whitewater rafting anything like that if i know i'm doing something like that i'll just replace that in my head it's like oh that's gonna be my training for the day and then sure the last thing is like i'll like my dad taught me that my dad's like career mil like he was in the military, he was an MP, and then now he's like he's a captain at the police department. So he has a very like structured yeah. mentality, and that's where I like I get it from a hundred percent. And right. he's right. just saying it's it's to the right. And what he means by that is like if you're faced with a decision of of something and it's, maybe it's like a, a you're at a restaurant and you're on the road and like you're tired and you're just like, fuck, I don't know, I just wanna eat or whatever. And you have an unhealthy yeah. option yeah. and a healthy option just do the healthy option. It's like just, and the, yeah. the, it's all about the small things. Like, cause you can go yep. into, it can be daunting. Like I'm going to have to maintain my health and fitness while on an two week trip. That sounds insane. But right. if you right. break it down to like, and you're not going to win every time, but if you break it down to like little increments, like to the right, should I, should I take the elevator, take the stairs to the right, take the stairs, mm-hmm. eat, eat this donut at what, when you're getting coffee with the team or not to the right, don't eat the yeah. donut. So it's those yep. little things and those compound over time. And so it's those little things that throughout the trip, I always try and like, I'm like, okay, this is just, if I can just get through this one thing, if I can just get up this one sunrise to work out like before sunrise, I'll do that. 
and then I'll face I'll be faced with the question again and just always try and like pick the pick the the right road as the option. Right. And that's right. helped me a ton. It's like just kind of yeah. breaking yeah. it down to those like micro things. Yeah, that's that's amazing advice, especially for me right now cuz I I used to be such a fitness guy, I competed in bodybuilding, powerlifting, like did the whole cut and multiple times and su- and, and stuff and now that I don't have those goals, it's it's kind of stopped becoming a priority, and it just get kept getting lower and lower on the list. And on top of that, uh, because I've just been so busy, I don't cook as much anymore, and so I'll eat out, I'll get Uber Eats, and my family, whenever we went out to dinner, everything was like a celebration. It's you a know, treat. it's a big party, it's a treat, it's a celebration. So anytime I go out for dinner, you're that same it's like I'm getting the, mentality. Yeah. Exactly. You're like, exactly. oh, I'm eating out, so like I'm allowed to have the burger, or I'm allowed right. to get like a soda with the meal, or dessert right. afterwards, or something like that. Right. Yes. And now, um, just about I'd say two weeks ago. I'm really getting fitness back to not where it used to be, where I'm lifting in the gym for three hours, but it's a priority again. Right. And exactly. I'm making that, that mental shift of like, okay, I'm going out to, to dinner right now, but I'm going to get something as clean as possible on the menu. Um, and I've already seen like a dramatic change in my body. So, uh, yeah, it just comes it's not like you have to do that every time. I tell people all the time, it's like, everyone's like, oh, why are you so obsessed with like, because like, Somebody today, they brought in, like, we had a birthday in the office, and this happens every single time. Birthday. There's co- I'm literally yeah. conceding right there. They're seven feet from me is a plate of cookies, and that is my, and I love cookies. It's my entire weakness. Um, and yeah. everyone makes fun of me because I usually don't eat, like, the desserts or whatever when they come in for the birthdays. And everyone's like, they poke fun, like, Do you, don't you enjoy yourself at all? And I'm like, yes, but, like, I go, I apply the 80 20 rule to, like, my diet. So 80% of my diet is coming from clean, whole sources of food. And like, yep. I used to track my macros and all that, but like, it's just not sustainable. Yeah. And like, I didn't right. find it like healthy mentally. Um, so like 80% of my food, clean, healthy sources. And then that 20%, I enjoy myself. And so for me, I'm like, I know I'm going out with my friends tonight. So whether or not I just drink a lot and, or we get food afterwards at 3 AM, that's going to be my moderation. So I'm just planning ahead. Now, if I knew we weren't going out tonight, I probably would have had a cookie, but it's like, it's just all about moderation. That's the biggest thing is that I found. Right. I love it. Um, okay, just a couple more questions, and then yeah, we're getting we're we're kicking you out of here. Um, what's something? This is kind of out of left field, but what's something that people might misunderstand about you, whether it's online or in person? Okay, um, this is this is a good question. I actually get, I think this happens quite often, and it's that like. I am inherently a just like, and I don't even know if it's like a bad thing, but it's just like a really like cocky individual or someone who's like very conceited because like someone who's like obsessed with their looks, conceited and thinks that they're, they're the best at what they do. And partly for me, that's like, was a bit of, even today is like a bit of a defense mechanism. And like, once people meet me, I think that that kind of that wall or that idea diminishes pretty quickly. Um, totally. But yeah. I give this demeanor that like I'm this headstrong alpha male figure and one, the alpha part definitely comes from my father. I just inherited those traits from him. He's very much like a macho man. And I, I hold to that. I still, like, I'm like, I'm your typical guy in that sense. Um, but like I myself find myself using like a lot of like deflective comedy, like or self deprecating comedy, just cause it's like, 
I am inherently like pretty self-conscious. Like anyone who trains or is into fitness is like their worst critic. And so yeah. it's like people will always like, oh, you look like shit. And like, and I know they're joking because like deep down I know that like I look good and I work my ass off for it. Like I train eight days a week for a reason. But like when I was in high school, that wasn't the case. Like I played athletics and I was, I, w- I was in sports and stuff, but like I was definitely like a chubby kid in high school and I like got made fun of like in high school. And like, even when I started getting into like photo and video, like those same friends in high school would like be like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? Like, this is kind of weird. Like, why are you into cameras? Like, and so yeah. like, I got poked fun at a lot in high school. And like, so now like that overconfidence, I think is a defense mechanism. And so I may come across of like that initially but then once people like start to like realize who i am they're like oh okay because like my instagram handles logan strong arms so people just assume i'm like conceited <laughs> right, like, right, right like first off it's just a play on words my last name's armstrong i'm not actually yeah, like, yeah. cocky and conceited right like right, that. right right i think it's uh, genius then, yeah i think that's the biggest thing it's like people just assume i'm like completely conceited and fool myself and think that i'm this like influencer when the at the end of the day it's like not the case i just want to like I want to promote like positivity and it's like, yeah. And that's what I think at the end of the day, it's like, and I always go back to like, I don't know what other people are going through. So if like, if you want to make fun of me or do whatever, poke fun, like that's fine. I'm not going to dish it back to you because like, I think internally, like if they're making fun of me, there's probably a deeper meaning or reason that they're doing it. So like there's no reason to fuel that fire. So it's like, I, if if I need to be your punching bag, like that's totally fine. That's yeah. That's a whole, again, a whole other podcast episode in itself, probably. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, I, I, I feel you on that. Oh, something that I'm starting to do with every guest that I have on, just because I'm curious, uh, what would be if you could describe your perfect day without, you know, if money was no object, not a care in the world, what, what would be your wake up to going to bed? What would, what would fill that gap? Um, work obviously can be included, but again, money, no object. What, what's that perfect okay, that's day? that's tough. Um, yeah. So it would probably, could I be in like any location? Dude, you could do whatever like, you want. This is your life. Dude, I'd probably be like, I'd probably be in like New York, honestly, because like I've, the year, because I just hit a year that I've like lived here full time, which is pretty crazy. Nice. And I've like definitely fallen in love with this city, which is pretty dope. So I would honestly probably get up around the same time that I do now, which is probably absurd for people. I just inherently don't need that much sleep to function. Um, like I sleep yeah. maybe like five and a half, six hours, and I function wow. optimally with that. And I'm so thankful. Like, and I think it's it's genetic. Like my my mom and my dad are the exact same way, and so like I know that's just a genetic tendency. And yeah. so like I yeah. probably like wake up at like around five thirty. And I would go to the gym because I absolutely love to train. It's just something I'm passionate about. And then from there, like, I mean, I love my job. So I, I would, I probably wouldn't work the exact same amount of hours. Like I'd probably work a little bit in the morning. And then um, ideally I'd probably get like lunch with like friends or something like that. Uh, people I just care about. And then I would, I would spend the afternoon like probably with my family like i'm a huge mama's boy like just growing up <laughs> hey, i am so yes, shout out to the moms so, shout out to the moms so, yeah shout, shout out to katina out there and there all the other go. moms um so i would probably spend the day or the afternoon at least then like with my family my grandparents my sister uh my brother-in-law and just like hanging out just like reminiscing on good old times making good memories um and then 
for like dinner, I would want to like just have everyone over for like a really fun, dope like dinner party. Like oh, some people may like want to go to a nice <laughs> restaurant, but I'm like, I would want to cook. I would be the one to like, and just like, cause I have such fond memories of just like grilling, like in the summer. Yeah. At, like, yeah. Like, oh yeah. So just yes. something like that. Everyone's got like, everyone's not that alcohol has to be involved, but it's like, yeah, everyone's got drinks and like you're grilling, like, like playing yard games, stuff like that. I'm from the Midwest. So it's like totally typical. Yeah. <laughs> so like outside right. like playing Same cornhole here, and like stuff like that. Um, and then just kind of like, and then in an ideal world, I would probably go out that night and go to like a, a really dope bar or club. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. There we Get go. the drinks yeah, in. Probably, yeah, yeah. Dude, that's great, man. I, it's so, it's fascinating to hear people's like dream day. That's why I love listening to it. Cause it also kind of gives you some ideas too. Uh, it's like, like the oh crazy wow. Cool I didn't think of like, that. I mean, cause we get to do some, we do some really cool shit at my job, like, and experience some cool things I would not one be able to afford to do normally or just like experience. Um, yeah. And for me, I've, I've gotten to do a lot of that. And at the end of the day, it's like the people that you're around is what makes the experiences, not the actual action of what it is you're doing. Like a yacht's totally. great, but like if you're on a yacht alone, I don't know how fucking fun that would be. So like, right, I would right. much rather have it filled with like people that I really care about. Dude, powerful stuff, man. Wow. You nailed that on the head again. See, this podcast is fire, man. We gotta. That's what I do. We gotta do this again. Well, round two. We'll do round two. Round two. I'll start, I I've actually had plans to start a podcast for like the past six and a half months, and I I have yet to do it. But you know what? I might I might commit to it. And if I do, I'll have you on as my first guest, and we can just continue. Hey, the conversation. So. let's do it. That's perfect. Round two, strong arm podcast with podcast. strong arms. You have to. <laughs> the, the rule for the podcast: is you have to be sleeveless. <laughs> yeah. There you go. And jacked. Yeah. Just <laughs> oh shit! I gotta lift more. God damn it! I gotta get back. Um, speaking of podcasts, who should I have on this podcast? Mm, next guest. Um, let me think. Are you trying to stay like your your target like niche demo, like as far as like creative, or just anybody outside of that? Creative and entrepreneurial, but honestly, anybody that does really cool stuff, in, like the entrepreneurial space, like um, maybe. Man, shit, that's tough. There's so many people I would want to hear from. <laughs> Damn, dude, that's tough. Um, do, 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 I know. I'm like, I'm keeping it waiting. Uh, I would like, I'm not affiliated with them, and I don't mm-hmm. really even like, but some of the guys from like Movement, if you could talk to one of the, mm. their founders, or Vincero. Um, I've got I a connection to Movement. I know one of the guys who shoots for Vincero. Those okay. guys okay. are geniuses as far as marketing goes. I think their products yeah. actually aren't that great, which is fine. But yeah, as yeah. from like a marketing standpoint, I mean, they, it's like they really crushed. impressive. I mean, they're f- making millions and millions of dollars off of like yeah. just social media marketing. So I think that's right. so interesting. Um, okay. so I think that'd be great to hear like the, what would their philosophy was going into that. Yeah. Oh, dude. Absolutely. Um, dude, thank you so much for uh, tagging along on this, on this ride. Zach, thank you for uh, having me, bro. Dude, this has been unbelievable absolutely phenomenal where can people connect with you uh and 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 say hi um so my instagram is at logan strong arms or you can probably just search logan armstrong as well and uh it'll come up like either way um i'm not logan paul so it's not that logan different Logan. yeah right right. different logan i have a youtube channel i upload my upload frequency right now is about once every (laughs) eight months Um, yes consistent there 
Yep, it's also Logan Armstrong. And I did just release like last month a Euro vlog. And so it was like, yes. it's like 20 minutes long. It's like a TV show. It's pretty hilarious. Yes. My roommate just were, we're in the Amalfi Coast and then in Barcelona. And if not entertaining, if anything else, it's like there's some beautiful scenery. So if you want to check that out, yeah. that's there too. It's a very underrated video, in my opinion. Very underrated. I did it, honestly, I did it for like the memories. And like, I'll, we'll like, yep. we'll, honestly, like last weekend or the weekend before that, we like pre-game to watching it. And it was absolutely hilarious. Oh my God. That's amazing. Oh my God. Dude, we, we have to do a trip together. I, I know you're so busy and, you know, I've, I've got my stuff too, but. We gotta we gotta figure out get something on the calendar and, and just do Hawaii. something. I can come to LA for a few days and we can just jet off right from there. So dude, let's do it. Need to happen. Dude, make it happen. Just we'll we'll be in touch. But again, dude, thank you so much. This has been amazing. People are gonna love this. So thanks. Peace, guys. I've been hungry all my.